the book of Numbers tonight. Let's turn to the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter number 13, uh, Numbers chapter number uh, 13. And I'm saying the word number a lot when I say Numbers, number, I don't know, Numbers 13. It's been a long day. Numbers 13, uh, we'll begin reading with verse number 26. I want to give us some things uh, this evening uh, that should be a help to us, a reminder to us. And I'm so thankful for the Word of God uh, so that we can learn about Jesus, first of all, in our salvation. But I'm thankful for the Word of God because the foundation on which we build our life on us, the foundation we can uh, be secure in. And the, the Word of God helps us have the proper discernment, helps us see things uh, the right way. Uh, don't interpret this, is, this mistake as being made amongst Christians uh, of all, in all different walks of life. They're interpreting the Bible by what's taking place in this world. We should be interpreting this, this world uh, by what the Bible says. And we're making some grave, grave mistakes in our churches and just in and how we approach things that are taking place in this world because we look at what's taking place in this world and then we look at the Scripture and discern it by what Fox News said, discern it by what somebody else said, or just the things that we're trying to comprehend. No, we do that backwards. We don't understand what's going on in the world. We go to the Word of God. It helps us know what's going on, and better yet, it helps us know what we're supposed to do. Um, this isn't my Bible study tonight, but it's popped in my mind as a good reminder of us. We need to stay out of God's business and just take care of what we're supposed to do. And uh, that, that tonight, I think, is a Bible study that will help us, and it's something that we need to be reminded of. Uh, Numbers 13, beginning with verse number 26. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel in, unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. This is the fruit of it. We read this and we say, wow. This is the land that God has given his people. Moses sends these spies of their land. They come back. We see it. It flows with milk and honey. Here's the fruit of it. Verse 28. Nevertheless, that's how we know these people were Baptists during this time. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. Now, I want to remind you that for over a year, we taught in Sunday school through the book of Deuteronomy, possess the land. God makes a promise, it's as good as done. We don't have to see how it's going to take place. We don't have to understand all the workings of it. We can take God at his word. And God said, I'm giving you a land. And all he told them to do, you're having flashbacks of Sunday school right now, aren't you? Is go possess it. You've got to go possess it. And so uh, Caleb stilled the people before Moses, verse 30, and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are able, well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. This is a good reminder, too, that those who stand with what God has said are always in the minority. These were all Israelites. 
But the ones who said, stay focused on what God has said, they're always the minority, verse 32, and they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants therewith, and, and all the people that we saw in it are men of a, men of a great stature. I want, I want, this is our text verses. We're going to get started tonight. And they brought up an evil report of the land. Tonight I want to teach on this subject, consequences of listening to the evil report. Consequences to listening to the evil report. Now you and I, we can only control what, what report we give. But there are consequences of listening to an evil report. Tonight I'm not talking about evil as we would classify gossip as. I, and yes, gossip is, is evil. Uh, but I'm classifying evil, that evil report is anything that's contrary to what God has said. God had said, this is your land, go possess it. And they gave a contrary report to what God has said. There's consequences to that. Let's look into the Word tonight. Father, thank you for the Bible. Uh, may we be helped by it. Uh, may we see these truths. And then as we ponder the truths and we see these consequences, may we be reminded as we conclude this evening, of uh, what we can do about the evil report, what we can do when there are consequences of the evil report. Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That evil report, as I've already mentioned, is anything contrary to what God has pronounced and proclaimed. In applying to us tonight, if the Bible says one thing, and man says another, that is an evil report. If God has, and we've been on, on these Sundays as we focused uh, since Easter on the resurrection, and because he lives, Jesus has commissioned the church to do one thing. If somebody, if a group of men or a religion says something contrary to the, is the purpose of the church, that's an evil report. If God has commanded you and I, to do certain things, and he has made promises to us. And by the way, let us be reminded, God has made a lot of promises to us. Many are conditional, but they're promises nevertheless. And if we believe what some, well, there's a lot of naysayers in the world today. Well, that's just, never, that's just not, that's not what I believe. That's not what I believe. That's not what I believe. Well, friend, if God says it, you can believe it. If God says he's going to take care of his people, and he does, you can believe it. If God says that you can have peace in the midst of a storm, you can believe it. Uh, but there are those who would give an evil report. There are consequences. I need to jump to the outline because there's much I want to get to tonight. There are consequences to this evil report. Uh, now, we know that, God, that, that Moses sent them into the promised land. Moses sent them into to spout the land. They come back, and it's a land unlike they had ever seen. But there were obstacles in that land. And so they had their eyes on the enemy and not on the promise that God had made. And friend, any time you and I take our eyes off of the promises of God and put them on our circumstances, put them on our obstacles in life, you and I are in danger of either making an evil report or, or following an evil report. We always must stay true to God's word. They have sent them. They come back. They give report. The land is as advertised even better. But the focus is on the enemies. The focus is on who's there. 
We know that there were two faithful men, Caleb and Joshua, and we hear from Caleb in verse number 30, and he says, let's just go, let's go take it. And Caleb could speak to that because Caleb was one of the ones who saw it. But Caleb knew that God said, this is your land, so he said, possess it. But verse 32, we see that evil report. We know the story. We know that instead of listening to God's promise, they listened to the people of God, listened to the evil report. The consequence of that was wandering in that wilderness until that generation died. That's the consequence. That's a pretty severe consequence. Now, there's something I want to point out, and I'm gonna, I may circle back around to it, but I, there's several things I want to get to. You don't always see the consequence overnight. And I'm going to bring that out in just, just a little bit. Sometimes we look, and teenagers don't make this mistake, of watching people go against what God has said, say, well, nothing's happened to them. They had not wondered long enough yet. Hadn't been enough time. We, in our nation, we need to be careful, too. It's like, well, we've been doing all these things and all these things, and God, well, no, God's judged us. It just might not have been, and we might just keep buying time, which I'm okay with that. But we have to understand that there are consequences to listening to that evil report. I want to emphasize tonight, and I know I've already emphasized it. I can't overemphasize this. The Word of God has got to be our authority. It's got to be what our anchor is. It's got to be, I mean, we are inundated with opinions and philosophies and, 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 and what, this is what's going on in news and supposed news and all these things in this world. And, but we've got to stay true to what God has said. Don't let your mind get clouded and judge the Bible with what you see in this world. Let's notice what takes place here once they listen to the evil report. Look at verse number 33. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. These were giant people. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. First thing that takes place is they over-exaggerate. These giants, they were giants. But they didn't get any smaller because the giants were bigger. We're, we're like grasshoppers. No, they weren't like grasshoppers. And I know they're saying, well, according to them, we were grasshoppers in their sight. That's not even accurate either. And as we see this progression tonight, you and I are going to recognize, this is an easy outline to write, because we recognize, we're going to recognize everything we see tonight. We tend to over-exaggerate. I mean, don't you know the world was supposed to end in 2000? And then the world was supposed to end in the last year? I mean, don't, don't, I mean, we tend to over-exaggerate. I'm never going to get through this. Well, that's contrary to what God said. Uh, we, we're, how are we ever going to overcome this? When you listen to that evil report, you have a tendency to over-exaggerate. Number two. Look at me at verse number two. They... Well, let's, let's look at verse number 1 of chapter 14. I'm sorry, don't go back to 13. Chapter number 14, verse 1. And all the congregation lifted up the voice and cried, and the people wept that night. You would think that if 
They were grasshoppers in the sight of the enemy in the land that God had promised them. They had an all-night prayer meeting. But instead, number two, they were emotionally driven. When you take your eyes off of the Word of God, your emotions are in charge. We all have emotions. Ladies, the man you're married to and you say has no emotions. Well, as I look around, you may be right. No, we all have emotions. And when we listen to that evil report, we're taking our focus off of God. We're taking the focus off of the authority. God doesn't react to what takes place in this world. God is above all things. We take our focus off of him, we over-exaggerate, but then we become emotionally driven. When your emotions are in charge, your principles are not. When your emotions are in charge, logic is not. When your emotions are in, in charge, the word of God is not. Well, I'm just so passionate about this. Well, you can be passionately wrong. Well, I feel so strongly about this. Okay, that doesn't mean that is what we should be holding to as opposed to what God has said. We all have to. Anybody ever say anything in anger before? No, not in this, not in this crowd. Anybody ever been upset and said something that you wish you hadn't have said? That was just the ride to church, what I just described. Well, we have to keep our emotions in check, and we know that we're going to notice a progression here. They listened to the evil report. Now, bear in mind, bear in mind, all the people did not see what these spies saw. You had 12 that went. You had Caleb and Joshua that said, God's promises. Caleb and Joshua weren't blindfolded. They saw the giants too. They saw them too, but they believed what God said. They remember where God had brought them from. And if, let's just, God gave it to us. What are we even voting on? Let's just go get it. Let's go possess it. But there were 10 who went in and saw it and came back and reported to everybody else and everybody had a decision to make. We know what Moses was going to do, but the peoples, they had 10 that said, gave a negative report, an evil report, and two that said, let's do what God said, and they sided with the majority. They sided with fear. They sided with the uncertainty. They could see, and they, I bet they could hear those men describing those giants, and they were so big, and they were so fierce, and, and they were so much greater than, than, than we could ever uh, handle them, and, and they were just getting worse. They listened to that evil report, they over-exaggerated. Now their emotions, fear, all night long. Oh, no. What are we going to do? You would think there would be a voice of reason to say, remember when God brought us out of Egypt? Remember when he, we crossed the Red Sea and the enemy came after us and he closed the Red Sea? He promised us all of these things? But oh, no, they, their emotions... We're in control. Be careful with your emotions and be careful. And I'll just interject this, and this is the only 
thing I plan to say about anything like this tonight. Be careful of what's going on in politics in our nation right now. It's easy to get our emotions when we all stick to the Word of God. Well, I'm passionate, I'm passionate about it too, but I've got to come back to what God said. And what we got to do is quit getting, oh, the devil is so sly. He don't have to get you to renounce God. He just got to get everybody to not pray, as Second Chronicles 7.14 says, and turn from their wicked ways and just get into politics. I'm not against, we all, I mean, if you don't enjoy it, it's fine. We, there's things to enjoy about it, but let's not take what is the least important, not the most important, and put it in the most important place. What I'm saying is, be careful with your emotions. And if you listen to an evil report, your emotions are going to be in charge. Number three. Say, Pastor, don't you love America? Yes. That's why I've got to be very, very careful what I do with my emotions. Number three. Notice this. This is where it's going to get very interesting. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. Moses and Aaron. While they weren't looking, went and put those giants in that land. You would think by the reaction, but no, the third thing that takes place is they murmured against the leadership. They murmured against who God had given them. Isn't that what the Bible says? And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in the wilderness? They murmured against the leadership that God gave them, and the leadership had nothing to do with the situation. Moses didn't give the evil report. Moses didn't say, let's go against what God has said. Moses didn't even, he didn't put the giants there. Moses is just doing what God tells him to do when God tells him to do it. But as we're going to see, they really weren't upset at Moses and Aaron. They were upset at God. But the leadership represented God. So they murmured against leadership. If you find somebody murmuring against the pastor, stay away from them. I mean, 99.9% of you got my cell phone number anyway. You can call me. Some of you have taken me up on that many, many times. But if it's for lunch, I'm okay. But Tommy, see you tomorrow. All right. You know, you, but if you just don't be murmuring against the pastor, what good is coming from that? Teenagers, don't murmur against your parents. Don't let another teenager murmur against their parents. Oh, you just believe that the parents are never wrong. Oh, no. I is one. Now, we're not wrong, but the other parents that we, you know, no, we're all wrong. We're human. But God establishes leadership. Notice the progression here. Everybody okay? Everybody with me? The end of verse 3. Or let's go, yeah, the end of verse 2. I'm sorry. Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? Now, I remind you before I read verse, th- verse number 3. God had promised them that land, didn't he? Has God promised you he'd take care of you? 
God promised you he'd take care of his church. No doubt. But that evil report, sometimes it's the majority that says, oh, the old-time religion is dead. That's an evil report. What are you going to listen to? Oh, well, see, you're doing right. You made decisions, and, and, and God hasn't kept you from... Well, it has nothing to do with what God keeps me from or allows me to go through. The point is that God's Word is what we're supposed to hold to. They murmured against the leadership. We get to verse number 3. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? The fourth thing they did when they listened to the evil report is they assigned evil motives to God. Friend, I hope, I wish, I hope we can comprehend, and, and, and this is a spiritually mature church. It's been under the preaching of the Word of God a long time. I hope we understand how big of a deal it is to go against God's word. See, this is, this is where some rebels have a hard time, and, and they're addressed as rebels in, 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 in here. If you're opposing the word of God, you're a rebel. This is, this is some of the warning and some of the pleading I do from time to time. If you'll go against this, you're going against God. But if you'll speak evil of this, you've got to speak evil of God. Well, I'm the, no, there is no exception. So now they're, why did they, did they believe this? I don't know. They're, they were over-exaggerating. They were emotionally driven. They had to blame somebody. They were just victims of this abusive leadership that drug them out in the wilderness. So they had to blame somebody, and now they're assigning evil motives to God. God brought us out of slavery in Egypt just so he could kill us out here. Think about that. Think about our own lives. Have we ever allowed our minds to say, oh, I just... I don't know what God's trying to do. You'd think that God would be very, very careful. Very, very careful. They assign evil motives to God. Um, how many of you are saved tonight? You know, God didn't owe you that. He gave it to you and made, made it available to you by His mercy and His grace. If He didn't owe us the most precious thing we have, He don't owe us anything else. So whatever he gives us is a bonus. And certainly if we follow his promises, he's going to be true. He's going to come through. But they listen to that evil report. Now they're assigning evil motives to God. He just he went through all of that trouble to get us out of Egypt just to kill us out here. That's not why he brought the people, but we're going to read in just a moment. He's going to start thinking about it. Then we see in the same verse, verse number four, and they said one to another. Now, what's taking place? They've seen the opposition. And don't be mistaken, when God makes a promise, it's already happened. 
It's just a matter of timing. But don't be surprised if there's giants in the way. Don't be surprised if there's an obstacle in the way that does not change the fact that God made a promise. Does not change the fact that God's promises are always true. But there's an evil report and they chose to believe it. They exaggerated the circumstances. Oh, we've got things so bad. We've got things a lot better than a lot of places. And then they get emotional. They get their emotions worked up because they took their eyes off of the Lord. They start murmuring against the leadership. They assign evil motives to God. Now watch what happens. And they said one to another, let us make a captain. They have one. His name is Moses. Let us make a captain. Notice the words of God. And let us return into Egypt. Number four, or number five, they were looking for new leadership to take them back where they came from. It's not that they didn't have a captain. They knew Moses wasn't going back to Egypt. And by the way, friend, Egypt's a picture of the world. And it happens in churches that 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 captain won't budge. We've tried everything. Great sermon, pastor. That's okay, you can say that. Oh, we've we've challenged that he won't budge. We need a new captain. Let me put it in today's terms. Well, I just we just gotta find a new pastor. I mean, not here, I ain't going nowhere. Well, I hear down at such and such a place, he'll take us back to Egypt. We can, we need the new leadership. Be very, very careful. Very, very careful. You make it what you ask for. They look for new leadership to take them back. See, the problem wasn't with leadership, was it? The problem wasn't with Moses. The problem was they listened to an evil report. Moses was still Moses. Moses still had the rod of God in his hand. Moses is still going to press them forward. God's still blessing Moses. And they're, they're, they're going to discover some things. It's a fascinating passage of Scripture to me. But they look for the new leadership to take them back to Egypt. Think about this, and, I, and I'm going to make a couple of applications. They get, they, they're brought out of Egypt. They are slaves. They're brought out of Egypt. They see miraculous things take place. The plagues. He delivers them. The Red Sea parts. You would think you wouldn't forget that. Pharaoh and his armies are destroyed. They're, I mean, they're in the shade in the day and they got heat at night. I mean, who's doing this? God's doing this. And every time Moses goes off to talk to God, God says, tell him to do this. And every time Moses says, this is what God said, and they do it, it's amazing. Good things happen. So they're on the cusp of what God has promised them. And they want to go back to being slaves. But how many Christians have been on the cusp of God's fulfilled promise and because there's an obstacle, because there's an evil report, they leave 
the promised land with a desire. I want to go back to Egypt. I want to go back to where I came from. Friend, uh, this, this world, is no, God saved you out of this world. We don't want to go back to this world. But if you listen to an evil report, you'd be very, very careful. Now, we see the progression, and they're in a bad place. Now, I like what I see from Moses and from Joshua. Now, I'm going to contrast for the remainder of my time, my hour I have left. I'm going to contrast the reaction of the, these people with Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb. Because we've got a good picture of what not to do. What not to do. We've got a good picture of a warning and a progression. I, I love the fact the Bible gives us that progression. You, you, don't, you don't end up, Christian, listen to me, young people, everybody listen to me, you don't end up at a place where it's like, I want a new captain. God is evil. No, 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 you start out just listening to the evil report. Blow things out of proportion. All before you get down to that, I got to have a new leader. Or God, 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 God is not taking care of me like he should. That's an evil accusation against God. But I want to contrast that to those who were in the leadership and include Joshua and Caleb who gave a good report. Notice in verse number 5, as Moses has endured this, Moses was very aware. Moses is the one who met with God in the temple. Moses is the one who communed with God. Moses was very aware of the holiness of God and the omnipotence of God, and he knew the consequences. He's facing the onslaught of these accusations from these people. Notice what takes place in verse number 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. Verse 6, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. Now, now I'm going to give you a contrast, but here's also, we've got a list of what not to do. Here's a list of what to do. We see that they humbled themselves. They didn't know what else to do. What did they do? They fell on their face. They fell on their face. Moses, Joshua and Caleb searched the land, rent their clothes. They were so distressed by what they were hearing because they believed the promises of God. Then we see, what do they do in Joshua and Caleb in verse 7? They spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, and he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. They, they encouraged. There was a, they were wrong. It encouraged them. No, this really is the land with milk and honey. We can do this. Then in verse 9, Only rebel not ye against the Lord. They also admonished them. You're rebelling against God. And if you listen to an evil report, which is contrary to what God's word says, it's rebellion against God. We need to be reminded of this. If we know what this book says, and we say, ah, that doesn't apply to me, or ah, I, don't, I don't want to pay attention to that, that's rebellion. Often, or we shouldn't, we don't take it from our children. It's rebellion. 
And it's an admonishment. There's nothing wrong with being admonished when we are in rebellion against God. We all need it. Then we see in verses 11 through 14 and 15 through 20, but notice verse 10. There's been a whole lot of talking that should not have gone on. Verse number 10. We're reminded that somebody has heard every word. Somebody has seen everything that has taken place. Verse 10. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. This is where it's going. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. God's presence showed up and they all saw him. They're fixing the stone. Those who said, let's just stick with the Bible. Let's just stick with God's word. Let's just stick with what God has said. No, it hasn't got us what we... There's obstacles, there's trust. Then God comes. Verse 11, the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me, and how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? I will smite them with the pestilence and disherit them and will make of thee a great nation and mightier than they. What God is reminding Moses about the people is what we need to be reminded of. God is reminding them, I don't need them. Well, I'm doing God a favor by being a church member at Emmanuel Baptist Church. I read my Bible today. You're welcome, God. Sometimes we get that way. And God says, I'll smite them all. But I'll make a great nation of you. And Moses said to the Lord, verse 13, Then the Egyptians shall hear it. For thou brought us up this people in thy might from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land, for they have heard that thou, Lord, that thou, Lord, art among this people, that thou, Lord, art seen face to face, that thy cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them by daytime in a pillar of a cloud, and a pillar of fire by night. Now if thou shalt kill all this people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them, therefore he hath slain them in the wilderness." And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people, according unto the greatness of thy mercy, as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. When Moses appealed to the mercy of God, God says, I'm not taking this anymore. I don't have to. And by the way, he's God. He didn't have to. God, is, God does not deserve to have his word questioned. When God speaks and says, no matter what the obstacles say, which is be yes, sir, right away, with all my effort, with all my ability, I will obey you. We've seen the consequences of listening to those evil reports, and we find the humility and the encouragement and the admonishment, but there was also intercession. 
This is a good list for you and I. Because unfortunately, there are some who are going to listen to an evil report. There's reports contrary to what God said, and they'll give in to their fear and their emotion, and they'll follow that evil report, and they will face consequences. So what are we to do? That doesn't mean we have to follow along with that evil report, certainly. But there ought to be some encouragement, and there are so many, many things I can see the role of a pastor in the reaction of Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb. And the intercession on their behalf. There was admonishment, but there was also intercession. There's something key that I want you to see, and I want, I want, I want this to be a reminder to all of us. The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. Aren't you thankful for that? All of us need it. Matter of fact, all of us know somebody who's listened to an evil report, and they've got, got a new leader, and they've gone back to Egypt. But God's long-suffering and mercy, I'm thankful for that. Watch this, though. And by no means clearing the guilty. God was not going to treat this as if it never happened. God just wasn't going to destroy them right then. But there was going to be consequences. Teenagers, listen to me. Young adults, listen to me. Everybody listen to me, especially those, because you'll see somebody who leaves God. And they'll embrace Egypt. And oh, they're having the time of their life. I, there's been occasions and I, where you run into them and in the haughtiness and even in arrogance, Pastor, look at how well I'm doing. I guess what you said, you said, you preached from that pulpit all those years wasn't true. But they don't, what they don't realize is they got a mama that's still praying for them. Some of the some of the very people who scorn me and scorn this place, I pray for them regularly. I don't think my prayers are more important than anybody else's, but I wonder. I know Moses kept them alive that day. And something tells me if they would have confessed and repented and really had a change of heart, God might have, God might have changed his. But we know Joshua and Caleb saw the promised land. See, there are consequences. They were shown God's mercy. They were going to walk around for that generation and, and, and walk in circles until they all passed on. We know the story. God's people did occupy, did go into the land. The promise was fulfilled. There's just some who missed out on it. I wonder how many Christians have been kept from God's blessings because instead of listening to God's promises, they've listened to the evil reports. Instead of keeping their focus on the word of God, they've listened to what man has said, man's opinion of what's taking place. And friend, you can believe what God has said above what you see with your own eyes, above what you hear with your own ears, above what your mind can reason and rationalize. You can believe God above that. I know I've said it. Perhaps we've all said it. I don't know how 
this is going to take place. I don't know how God is going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to get through this one. But God keeps his word. He doesn't always give us the blueprint, does he? Okay, on this day, this is going to happen. and this is going to... Okay, I'm going to be ready for it. No, God says, I said it. Don't listen to the evil report because there are consequences. And they may not take place today, but they will catch up. So the twofold Bible study tonight, let's, let's, let's not listen to an evil report. Let's keep our focus on God's word. And then let's follow the leadership of the leadership that these people had. And I, I, I hope as, as, as your pastor, I hope that I always keep the mindset. Because I, I understand it. I am as a pastor, I am in, standing in the stead of God. This is his church. We're his people. But he's established some things. And I don't want to ever take anything personal, people's success, spiritual success. Or if someone rebel against the word of God, I want to intercede. Now, I promise you I'm going to encourage you. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. I might even admonish from time to time. But I'll make a commitment that I've already made to you before. I'll make it to you again. In the midst of that, I'll intercede as well. I'll do whatever I can. Can you imagine if God's people prayed like, we should. And I know this church prays, but oh, there was a day when we all talked about the prayer list that had the prodigals on it. We all talked about the prayer list that had the unsaved loved ones on it. Do we still have that? Hey, don't listen to the evil report. There's a lot of evil reports out there. You say, well, well Pastor, I, I will know who they are. Well, these were ten trusted individuals. They didn't just randomly say, okay, send us, send us 10 guys that got nothing else to do. Send us to 10 unemployed guys. Send us to 10 that, that, that they don't get, nobody will miss them. Send them to us so we can send them out and get a report. No, these were trusted individuals. No matter who it is, I just want us to believe God. I want us to believe his word. Let's keep our hope in him. Father, we uh, thank you for your truths from your word. May we 